When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. I am part one of two of Inside the Jungle. My co-host Clint Richardson will not be with me for this edition, sadly, because this is quite a game to be breaking down. For this episode of Inside the Jungle, we're going to be talking about the Auburn victory over UAB, 75-71 to in overtime, no less. Quite a thrilling game and a good victory for the Tigers to get on the road, which was technically a neutral site. But let's be honest, it's in Birmingham. UAB faithful, we're going to be there strong. And they definitely looked and sounded like it from the aspect of watching it on the TV there. I can only imagine how much different it might have been in person tonight. We're going to break down all the storylines, all the information, stats that played into this game. And there is a lot of it to talk about. Some of it mainly for Auburn, but also some general storylines as well. And we can start with one right here that's very... Near and dear to many people's heart because they're affected by the terrible disease that is cancer and there are many forms of it out there. Uh, Mike Slive was a former commissioner for the SEC and Conference USA. And with Auburn representing the SEC, UAB representing Conference USA, this was the perfect opportunity to honor the late commissioner for both conferences and to kind of put his name, his stamp on his legacy here and to bring awareness to prostate cancer. So I thought this was a great move for Coach Pearl to push for this, uh, for the rest of the conferences to kind of get behind this idea, to kind of promote that. Uh, Coach Pearl and Mike Slive seem to have had a great relationship during his time in the SEC. So that being said, I think that was a great moment there uh, to kind of have that brought back, the recognition of the fine work that he did for our conferences here. So that was probably the feel-good story uh, outside of just Auburn. But then when you look even further than that, You've got what we're calling the return, and thankfully the end of hashtag free Dangel. It's the storyline that's kind of rocked the college football, not college football, the college basketball world for some time here with the pay-for-play scandal that hit Auburn, several other big-name universities across the college basketball landscape, and saw coaches players, administrators be affected. And we all know the story behind Chuck Person. It affected Austin Wiley and Daniel Purifoy. Austin Wiley has thankfully come back. Daniel Purifoy finally makes his return in this game, albeit in very short amount of time, only seven minutes on the court this game, which was to be expected. Now I'm not one to gloat here, but this is a message for Clint since he's not here and he can't he's not here to defend himself either. We predicted how many minutes we he might see. I think he predicted over 15. I said under 15. So it looks like the guy over here on this side of the mic 
was right about that. So there you go, Clint. Uh, but I'm happy that he got any sort of minutes in the game to go ahead and get him on the court to get the jitters out, the excitement out. And I think it's not just for Dan Gell, but for the players on the team as well, because they're excited to have him back. They're um, just thrilled to be working with him in this offense, this defense. And you needed to kind of get that out of the way. And I think you saw that affect a little bit in the game of what was going on here. You already had the emotions of Mike's live invitational. You have that. You had some fiery exchanges between coaches as well. We'll talk about in a second. But that aspect of it there, I'm glad it got got it out of the way and we can move forward in the next game and try to find ways to work Dangel Purifoy more and more to the game. And we're going to have to give him some time. Coach Pearl asked us of that this past week. He said, make sure you are patient with him. Let him get back into the flow and the feel of things and give patience to Coach Pearl and the staff to find time for him to play there. Only seven minutes of playing time. He did get his first basket in a year and a half, basically. Two points for him, one for two from the field. Uh, so it, it was really nice to see Dangel get some stats to get on the stat board in his first night and kind of work his way in. And if this had been a different game in a different situation, not going to overtime, I think you would have seen Dangio get over that 15-minute mark. But thankfully, I can gloat and uh, hold that over Clint's head for so, quite some time now. But delving a little bit more into the actual game here, we talked about the emotions of a, l- a little bit, and it leading to the question of, is this becoming or is this already a rivalry between Auburn and UAB? Now, they did have somewhat of a rivalry baiting back to the Cliff Ellis era beyond that. And then if you think about it, Coach Pearl has tried to kind of pitch this as a rivalry that he wants to see renewed. And four out of the six years, five years that he's been here, we have played UAB. And I really hope that this continues because while it is, and I've used this comparison and I kind of hate it, but if you compare the Alabama and Tennessee rivalry in football, Alabama dominates it, but it's still called a rivalry. They even call it, is it the second or third weekend in October or something like that? This could be the second weekend in December for Auburn and UAB and make it a big-time game in the BJCC every time or even bounce back and forth between their arena, Auburn Arena, and then back to the BJCC. I would love to see that. We'd love to hear from you guys because there's been some debate about this as well. Is this a rivalry? It looks like the coaches want it to be a rivalry if you kind of watch some of the exchanges happening coach pearl uh, tried to have a cool head most of the game but if you kind of looked over to the uab head coach which i'm blanking on his essen i think is it was his last name you notice throughout the game when his players would do something really good instead of celebrating with his team he would direct his clapping his, his shouting towards the bench of auburn now there had already been some questionable calls in this game as and i know i've got my orange and blue glasses on here but All that rolled into one, and the continued uh, revving up of his own fans by the UAB head coach, the gestures, the noises he was making towards the Auburn bench finally got under Coach Pearl's skin, and you saw the two of them have an exchange and have to be not necessarily separated, but they came towards each other, and then the referees and the rest of the coaches stepped in. And there was quite a yelling match, and if you looked at after the game, too, Coach Pearl did not look too happy with uh, him and did not really want to give him much on the handshake and kind of congratulating for the win. So emotions were running high. The rivalry seems to be real and alive right now for the coaches. My question and bigger question is, do you, the fans, want it? And I think there's some mixed feelings on that. I 
personally would love to see that. So that's all your emotional storylines from this game. Let's delve a little bit into the stats. And to begin that, we ask the question always on this show, was this a complete game? And for me, I think if you look across the board here, if you watch the game, you would say definitely no. If you look at some of the stats, you'd probably say no. So I'm going to stay with that and say this was not a complete game, which will make Clint very happy. So let's look at the stats here. We'll start with the team side of things. And if you look across this, there is no reason that UAB shouldn't have won this game. They won several categories, some very key categories. And we're going to get to one crucial one, the reason why Auburn won this game. And it's a very good sign for the Tigers. Field goal percentage from the field, Auburn with 39%. UAB, 44 So three-point land. 18% for Auburn, very under par, 31% for UAB. Free throws, 79% for Auburn, 55% for UAB. A little bit more on that in just a second. Turnovers, 10 to 13. And as you go down some of these these, these stats here, the team stats version of it, you see a lot of give back and forth either way with kind of a just a difference of two to three, maybe four in terms of whether it's rebounds, uh, fast break points, steals, blocks, maybe a little bit more in the defensive categories. Auburn had more blocks, seven to three, but this was a very even statistical game except for that free throw column. And this is the difference in why Auburn won, especially in overtime. 27 made free throws out of 34 attempts getting them 79%. Look at UAB, six made free throws out of 11 attempts, getting them that 55%. That is your difference in the game. And that just goes a little bit beyond going to the charity stripe and making them. This was the difference in play for Auburn tonight. You saw them when the three-point shot was not going down, and it clearly wasn't at 18%. You saw them focus and not give up on trying to work that ball inside. And that doesn't mean just throwing it down to your best player in Austin Wiley. That means guards taking that extra step inside the arc and taking higher percentage jumpers, driving the ball for higher percentage shots, and then getting to the free throw line, making dunk passes, you know, throwing it up for alley-oops. There was a lot of utilization of the ball inside the arc tonight, which I really liked, and they didn't panic. They didn't give up on it. Let's look a little bit deeper at the stats now, and to do that, we'll look at individuals here. And if you have to talk about individual stats, you look no further than the man in this game, Jared Harper. 31 points from the field in 41 minutes of play. He was 7 for 19 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3-point land, and 15 from 16 from the free throw line. Jared Harper is making the case that he deserves to be in the NBA next year. And I don't want to see that happen because I want to see him around for another year. But the more he continues to play, the better he looks, especially in clutch situations. I think back to even the perfect example here. Now, you've got a couple of instances that stick in my mind that are part of his highlight reel, whether it's the dunk in the Maui Invitational over big men. It's the no-look alley-oop passes in the middle of the lane to his big men. Then there's stuff like the downtown three-pointers from way beyond the arc. And then you've got these coast-to-coast where he gets a rebound himself and goes from one end to the other for the layup in very crucial situations. He is just an outstanding player. He has taken his game to yet again another level. 
Bryce Brown had a bit of a struggle in this game. Zero for six from the three-point arc uh, this game, which is very unheard of. But again, where you see other players struggling, you saw others step up. Chuma Okiki was the only other player in 11 points getting the double digits for us in this game. And then after that, it's pretty well spread across. The only player not scoring who saw time was Javon McCork. He only saw 10 minutes of play. Horace Spencer had a very elusive 13 minutes of play. I thought he was in the game a lot more, and I think that speaks to the energy that he brings, um, the moments where he, he has plays really uh, in a smart level and does some very smart things. And I really continue to admire what Horace Spencer is doing this game. And then Austin Wiley only had six points, but again, they f- came at such crucial moments, and he did other things such as having a tremendous amount of blocks again that it felt like he had more of a presence in this game than he actually did. But when you look at individual stats here, it's skewed to Harper and then Okiki and then everybody else is spread out. But in this game, I think it's such a different feel to it with the rivalry aspect, all the emotions of it. You had to have someone like Jared Harper step up to the plate and get things done or it was going to end very badly for the Tigers in this one. Um, again, I do really want to explore this idea of the Auburn-UAB rivalry. Love to hear that from you guys in our comments section here on this episode, and uh, let us know what you think about that as well. Also, a chance to plug, after each game now on the website, e2cnetwork.com, I myself am doing a article with three-point thoughts, just storylines, ideas that come to my head after each game. Make sure you go check those out coming shortly after each game for Auburn the rest of the season. Let's move on to the next game of the non-conference play. And this is going to be the final three games that we're moving into here. And as we've talked about in this five-game stretch to end non-conference play, none of these are pushovers. We've seen that with this UAB game. We've seen that with several other teams. And now you're going to be facing a team in NC State who holds the same record as Auburn at 9-1 and one coming into play. Now, I will argue that when you look at this NC State team, it's a little bit different in terms of perception. If you look at their schedule, Auburn clearly has faced the tougher schedule, with that one loss being to the then number one Duke. NC State, however, has one loss to a number 22 Wisconsin team at the time. So you look at that, you kind of see a little bit of difference there, but they have a quality loss. I think the big difference is the quality wins, in my opinion. Their biggest wins come against Vandy and Penn State. Vandy being a pretty good SEC team, Penn State being a Big Ten team, so they've got to be able to at least compete on that level somewhere. So you kind of put that in that category. This is not one I would put on their resume, but there's at least some similarities there for them and Auburn. UNC Asheville, they both play them, they both stomped them. So they at least both are able to take care of business on that point. I think this is going to be a very tight game. If you were already worn out after the Auburn UAB game, you need to come ready for a dogfight in NC State's arena. It's going to be an away game. It's going to be 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 this Wednesday the 19th. Come ready for a dogfight down there. I think it's going to be a very evenly matched game. And then I think, honestly, with the three games left, this is the toughest test for the Tigers for the rest of the season. Nothing against North Florida. Definitely nothing against Murray State because they are just dangerous. But I think NC State on the road is Auburn's last chance to just stamp 
their non-conference schedule and say, we are a team that deserves to not just be in the tournament, not just be a top three seed, but possibly, if they can do it all in the SEC play, a number one seed. This is Auburn's chance to put their stamp on the non-conference play here with an NC State victory on the road. And remember, NC State will be coming to Auburn in, in the next season. So it'll be exciting to hopefully hand them a loss there in North Carolina, but then do it again the next year in Auburn Arena. So we'll be watching how the Tigers play there. That's all I have for you on this edition, breaking down the UA Bay game and then taking a look ahead to the NC State game. Again, love to hear all your thoughts of that in the comments section below. Before I go, I'll let you know where you can find me on social media. Twitter, at TigerEye24. You can find me to talk basketball, football, anything Auburn that you want to discuss. Until we talk to you next time, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?